there's a gap between what they know and what they need to know to be ready to buy. And I know with yours, you've mentioned before that it's like ongoing support because there's so many changes along the way. Mm. Right. So that's if somebody assumes that you learn parenting once, there's parenting 101 and that's it. And you just do it once rather than signing up for a membership where you're getting that ongoing support. They're not going to want to sign up. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million dollar year. Imperfect action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome to Imperfect Action. This is episode 559. Today, I'm coaching a student of mine who's been through Launch Magic a couple of rounds. Her name is Jen Butler, and she is an early parenting coach expert. And we're talking today about how she can come up with content ideas when she's been in her business for a while, she's been podcasting for a while, and the ideas are running a little bit flat. Uh, She's also really wanting to create content that stands out from all of the noise out there. So in today's episode, we are workshopping some content topics that she can share that will not only stand out and create value, but will actually also help to sell her membership the next time she launches it. So let's jump into today's call with Jen. Welcome back. It's great to have you back uh, in, so soon after the last episode that we did. Uh, for the listeners who missed that episode, please tell us who you are. What do you do? Yes, I'd love to. It's lovely to be back again. Um, so yes, my name is Jen Butler. My business is Jen Butler Early Parenting Support. And essentially, I help parents get to know, understand and support their babies and toddlers in their first three years of life. So yeah, my background is I'm a maternal and child health nurse, a midwife, um, a nurse and a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> and you were telling me right before I hit record about what you were struggling with most right now. Please tell me, how can I help? Like, what is the biggest struggle that you have that you would love to workshop with me today? So my biggest struggle is cutting through the noise. I am at this real headway where there is content galore. And for a very long time, I was probably just contributing the same, I'm going to say boring, like, or just stock standard advice. And I I just want to make you know, more of an impact and not overwhelm everyone. And I've been tuning into your recent podcast episodes and it just struck a chord so much where it's like, you know, it's not giving all this how-to isn't isn't helping like we think it's going to help. It's just creating more overwhelm when it's not actually everything that you need to know. So for me, it's about knowing, I guess, what what to post, how to how to help um, you know, parents, I guess, understand and potentially even it's, it's potentially a, 
busting a lot of myths because there's a lot of old wives tales in the parenting space that have just stuck around forevermore. And yeah. I think that a lot of it's potentially about talking to that, but I, I think I'm just at this headway where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the best way to go about it is. Yeah. Well, first up, I want to say like, obviously what you've been doing has been working. You've had some successful launches, you've built a successful business, but it is a lot more challenging these days than it used to be because we have so much content out there and we're competing against all of that noise. So the yeah, you touched on myths for a second there. And that was something I was actually going to ask. Like, what are some of those big myths in your industry that you almost want to speak up and say, no, that's wrong. But even something that other people might be afraid to say, hey, actually, that's not right. Where are you learning that from? Can you think of a couple of those? Yes. And it's funny because I've just actually come off a one-on-one consult with a family and it was actually really good to have that conversation because, uh, you know, something, for example, that the families were talking about, the family I was speaking to was talking about was, oh, like my baby, they just hate the cot. They, you know, as soon that he, he only wants to be held as soon as I put him down, he just, you know, cries. And we were actually talking to how, you know, like, Yes, part of that can be that babies are like, well, I like the way that we're being settled. If you're trying to change things, like, excuse me, I was quite content. But then I was also going into about how so often families think that, but in fact, there's something else that's going on that's actually, you know, um, meaning that once they hit the cot, like, you know, in this example, this little baby probably wasn't tired. And so mum and dad are trying to put this baby down. And so... Like, I think that there's a lot in picking apart the other thing, the other things that they think is causing the problem and educating on what else it could be. Like, it's not to rule out certain things. Another big one is that every, like, teething is the blame for everything in the parenting space, everything. So I've heard. So, like, everything. And, like, you know, it's, I think there's a lot a lot of myth busting to be done around that. It's not to, again, it's not to minimize or say that it's not having a impact, but not to the degree in which it is often blamed. Okay. And with your content, you're sharing it mainly on your podcast and Instagram, right? Yes, I have. And this is another thing, Steph. I've been a bit slack lately. I've been a bit slack, which is so unlike me. I've always been such a, and again, your podcast episodes, I was like, Jen, you need to be consistent. Like, you can't rely on the motivation train. Toot, toot. Um, Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. <laughs> that motivation disappears. It definitely does. Um, I can vouch for that 100%, uh, which, yeah, is very unlike me because in my four years of business, I've been so consistent, except for in the last maybe six months. Not even six months, since winter. So it's not even six months. But Yes, I, I'm primarily on the podcast and I've gone to seasonal podcasts purely just because my season of life just requires that of me. Um, and yeah, but that, that's, yeah, I love the long form content in the form yeah. of the podcast and then to, you know, use my podcast to then like, um, to repurpose. That's the word. I'm yeah, on. absolutely. And I think seasonal podcasts really do help with that. Um, that they help with that consistency when you are juggling a lot of different priorities because you can batch and get that season done and then you don't have to worry about it for a while. And 
I like for you, I think it's going to be really coming up with those long form topics for those podcast episodes and absolutely repurposing them uh, in a way that feels really simple. Yeah. Uh, so you've given me a couple of long form topics there just in talking about the myths, right? I'm sure there are a bunch of mistakes that they're making. Great long form topics. Uh, those necess- and won't necessarily move them closer to buying, but they will be content that will help to grow your audience. The ones that will move people closer to buying, it's really important to step back. And I know you know this because you've done launch magic, but really thinking about what do they need to know to be ready to buy? Like what are some of those things that they need to know to be ready to buy? What do they need to know to see value in what you're selling them? Mm. Yeah. And that, I think that's something that like, you know, I had a great launch last time. So it's not like what I've shared or done is wrong, but I think it's just, you know, really being able to get down and expand on that. And like, you know, I, I went to do it last night, but to actually sit down and, and actually really brainstorm. But you know what else I thought, you know, going back to launch magic is I probably need to jump on a call with someone in it. Have you done any non-buyer surveys? I have. Yes. Yes. I did one. I did. I only did the one at the start of Launch Magic, and I actually had some from a while ago that I went back over the calls. So I, I cheated. I cheated, Steph. I'm sorry. <laughs> what kind of? Well, what kind of questions did they ask, or what kind of hesitations did they have? What stopped them from buying? Yeah. Well, actually, I haven't spoken to anyone who didn't buy. Um, based on like, I haven't spoken to anyone who didn't buy. That's one thing I haven't done. So that's actually probably something I need mm. to do, uh, like to that really will, understand. That will be probably one of your biggest sources of content topics, uh, especially especially for launch content, because as soon as you find out why people didn't buy, that tells you where that education gap is. Because if we think about it as marketing really is partly educating people, especially digital products, there's a gap between what they know and what they need to know to be ready to buy. And I know with yours, you've mentioned before that it's like ongoing support because there's so many changes along the way, Mm. right? So that's if somebody assumes that you learn parenting once, there's parenting 101 and that's it. And you just do it once rather than signing up for a membership where you're getting that ongoing support, they're not going to want to sign up. Yeah. That is what I really need to lean into is really educating I think like you know I have done the odd Instagram post which gets lost in the sea or doesn't these days doesn't even reach like hardly any of my audience anyway um so I think that that's going to be something that you know whether I even look to because my episodes are quite short too I sort of just have them you know similar to um to your podcast in this short bite-sized sort of um, format and but that that, I think that's a good thing that it can sort of mean that I can divide the topic up a little bit or do you think it's better to just go in on something a little bit I I think well I think deeper is good we have a lot of short form content around but then when I like a five minute episode is still long form compared with 10 second reels and TikToks and all of the things that are fighting for our attention. Um, so I think, yeah, being able to look at what those questions or what those hesitations that people who didn't buy have, that'll give you that launch content. And then I would actually also look at surveying people who are in your audience already, like whether it's your email list or Instagram, sending them to a survey where they can ask you a question and you say, or oh, what are three questions you would ask me about parenting? 
And straight away, that's three content pieces. Yes, her person, you know, her so, person. And yeah. them will have overlap. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. But it'll also, it'll also start to show you where they have myths that they're holding on to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they might say, Oh, how can I fix my baby's teething because she's not sleeping? And then you're like, Well, actually, teething might not be the reason why. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. I think this is just really highlighted too, like clearly. And I had never even thought about actually talking to someone who didn't buy and saying, Hey, can we? Cause, cause what I have done is spoken to people inside who did buy. So, which is great to know why they have joined, like what they're, and a lot of it is that I wanted to, which is, this is, I guess in a sense, this is also really good content is they're like, I want to block out the noise. I wanted, you know, um, recently I had an email from a mum who said, it's my second child. And last time I was just so overwhelmed with all of the stuff. And I wanted to commit to one place where that was my go-to. That's where I asked questions. That's where I got my information. So I guess essentially doing that reverse and talking to that, like sure that there's going to be people who are like, no, actually I'm totally fine just Googling. And that's they're not your people. They're not my they're people. Not your customer. They're not my ideal customer. Yes. Oh, this is, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. And then I think in terms of also showing people the value of that ongoing support, like I think that's probably going to be the biggest hesitation is that ongo- uh, do, is showing them, hey, this is why you need that ongoing support. You don't just need a parenting 101 course and that's it. Maybe coming up with some kind of framework that you share publicly and it's the kind of framework that you share in your free content. You refer back to it a lot. You share it in webinars, any, anything like that. And it's talking about the different, um, like the different kind of stages and what they need at each stage. I don't know if you're already doing this. Yeah. I know what showing them that evolution of, Hey, this is what you need with a newborn versus this is what you need with a six month old, et cetera. Yes. I love that. And that, that's like a bit Stu McLaren, um, mm. you know, like in his memberships, he has the stages. So I have an overarching framework and essentially like, it's, it's almost like because in parenting, you know, there's, there's these five, say what I've created, this five step framework. And it's almost like ages cycle you back to just checking in with where, you know, your baby or toddler is at. Because essentially, you know, like in the first three months, this is developmentally what life looks like just based on normal baby development. And then, you know, with ages, things evolve. But that's exactly what I need to start to talk to is yes. talking about that. Yeah. Um, talking about the evolution and breaking it down into the things that change sort of thing. Do you like, you know, podcast episodes that talk about the changes that happen absolutely you know, along the timeline? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And really starting to to show them what the value is because it's really, it's easy to sell to the people who understand the value, mm. but there's those people who don't. And we really want to start to show them the value as well. Yeah. Uh, and when you do that non-buyer survey, you'll start to see why they didn't see the value. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I remember once I had, I, I do the non-buyer surveys and I remember once someone saying, um, oh, it seemed like a lot of money for a few um, PDF downloads. And I was like, that's not what it is. Exactly. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. I know. I was like, that's wow. Well, <laughs> I know. Because if you read into it, it's like, well, clearly, I didn't do a very good job of talking about what it's actually about. Because it's 
a ridiculous amount more than a few PDF downloads. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm curious to hear in your words then, like what do you think is the value of it? It's definitely the that ongoing support. Um, to me, like I often consider, like I don't know if this sounds a little bit um, too much, but I feel like it fills a huge gap in the early parenting space because I'm talking to Victorians here, but we have 10 maternal and child health visits in three and a half years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, that's, it's, it's just, it is what it is. And look, I will also say that during COVID that massively reduced for many families, which I don't know what the status of all councils are now, but so much happens in like, they're really close to getting the appointments at the start, which is wonderful, but then they progressively get spaced. And, you know, between four and eight months, so much happens developmentally, feeding wise, sleep wise, like what, there, there is so much self-doubt and questions that are going to come up for parents and the only place to turn to is the Googs, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, parenting forums. And at the end of the day, parenting forums are just the blind leading the blind, like, yeah. and often that's where you get that, oh, it just sounds like they're teething. Well, mm. It could be, but it probably is something more because our babies are a little bit more complex than just constantly feeling teething pain. <laughs> so that that straight away that gives me a content ideas for you, right? So a long form piece of content could be all of the different changes that are happening between four and eight months. Yes, that's a podcast episode or a long form blog post or both, yep. and then that splits down into separate. So maybe you're doing what I do when I record a podcast episode these days. I put my phone on a little tripod next to my computer and I just video myself and then I clip it down. So then one one. Instagram reel becomes the feeding changes between four and eight months. One Instagram reel becomes the sleeping changes. Another piece of content is why not to trust the parenting forums? Because that's a massive mistake they're making. We really want to look at like, what are those mistakes that they're making? Trusting parenting mm-hmm. forums and then explain why. Yeah. You know, you've probably maybe in the caption say something like, or in the podcast episode say, you've probably seen something like, uh, on these parenting forums, they say, uh, when your baby's not sleeping, it's because she's teething. This is why it's not right. This is why you can't trust what other experts on the parenting forums are saying. Yeah, that yeah, like that sounds so simple now that you say that. Like it's like just you know because there's all these things that I'm always like, oh, you know, I wish that they'd stop doing that. Or like you know, I'm thinking another big one in in the parenting space is. Like, you know, we, we turn to our mothers or our grandmothers for advice because they've parented before, right? But they parented in the eighties or the nineties and things, cha- things have changed and evidence has improved quite dramatically. So potentially listening to outdated advice is not going to help with what we recommend now or, you know, yeah. I mean, you, they used to dip, you know, dummies in glycerin and I'm pretty sure there was finergate given to help with sleep, which, <laughs> you know, I think things so, are involved. Yeah. So that's then that's either one big piece of content or lots of smaller pieces of content, mm-hmm. you know, 10 pieces of outdated advice that you're still following that are wrong or 10 pieces of outdated advice that your mother and your grandmother are telling you that are wrong. And then each one of those becomes a shorter, smaller piece of content. Yes. Okay, cool. You know, one thing I struggle with, Steph is like I'm probably a people pleaser at heart is I also really want to 
say things that I truly feel, but I'm so scared of offending people. Like, and, you know, I've never really been trolled, but (laughs) just that, you know, it's, and I know that it just is what it is. You have to sort of, like I've developed, I've definitely developed a tougher exterior, but I think that in order to stand out, you've got to say the stuff that no one else, that everyone else is too scared to say. And also in order to do people a favor, right? Uh, who are you going to offend? Mm. Pro- probably the mother-in-laws and the mothers and the ones, you know, if they ever read, not that they're like, again, why, why do you care? I know. Yes. You're so right. They're not my target audience. Like they're not who I'm trying to speak to. And if somebody is offended because you say that something that something they're doing is wrong and they get triggered by that, that's on them. So more than you, like as long as you, you know, you've got the evidence, you've got the science to back up what you're saying. You've got the experience. You've worked with people. You know what works and what doesn't work. And if that triggers somebody else or they're like, Oh, but that works for me. Great. They're mm. the exception. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I just have to remember that the people who need to hear it are going to hear it and they're going to like, you know, like they want to hear that and they'll respond well to that. Exactly. Exactly. So before we wrap up, I want to make sure that you've got like 10 pieces of content that you can go away and add to your content calendar for the next season. Cause I know that's what you really wanted to get out of this episode. So we've got the, um, we've, we've got the outdated advice. Outdated parenting advice, the breaking down the different, eight, like, you know, I, I'm thinking in my head, I went to go grab a pen a few times and I thought, oh, I would just get Steph to send me this recording. <laughs> oh, you can listen to the recording on the episode. <laughs> oh, of, course, of course I can. I could listen to myself over and over again. <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky me. I love my voice. Um, yes, that uh, breaking down, you know, even based on the Victorian system, the things that are happening between visits that not, you know, that you need to know about that are coming up that all of those things, um, the mistakes, the online parenting for, and there's like within these are going to be a ridiculous amount now that I actually see like Mm. now I, those mistakes now are really clear to me about, I think I was like, oh, you know, I, I just couldn't brainstorm more than a few mistakes, but now I, yeah, it's, it's opened up my mind. So with that, I'm going to go off and brainstorm every little thing that I can think of that's happening. And that, like something like the mistakes, that lends itself really nicely to an Instagram carousel type post if you don't want to do reels. Yeah. Um, they still perform well. Everyone's like, oh, you have to do reels. They don't show anything else. They actually still do perform well if they're static. Just a carousel is awesome. They can swipe across and read all the mistakes. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that's great. They get saved a lot. Um, so that's four. Um, the teething the myths about yeah. all of those different things. Yeah. And even in that, teething is quite a broad subject, but I think that it serves itself maybe to, you know, um, talk about, talk about it in a way that's like other reasons why that might not be because of te- or something, you know, something. Yeah. yeah. Like to just talk, to, I think I've done a podcast episode about talking about teething, but it was more that broad. Whereas I think it's more the mistakes that I need to go down, mm. you know, or or the myths even, yeah, the, myths, the things you think are teething but it's not. That's actually a great one because that's something that that's comes up a lot too. Where you know, really young babies start to chew on everything and oh, they're teething, but actually that's just developmental, you know. So yeah, yeah. perfect. Um, so that's I think that's up to six. Then we have that framework of the different things at each stage that where you can support or the different 
types of support even that they need at different stages. Because we've got the different de- developmental changes, but the different support at each stage could be another one. Yes. And even I'm thinking about my framework, like with that, essentially, I've sort of got four age groups, zero to three months, three to six, six to 12, one to three. And then for each step, there's going to be different. Uh, so it, like within that, there's already probably 20 pieces of content. Really. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually given you about 27. Literally. <laughs> so I'm good for 2023. Um, <laughs> we just check right. in again in like 12 months time. <laughs> No, that it it also just like I know where to look because I've got so much content and I've got so much stuff and it's almost like, well, it's just breaking it down into that, you know, education, like myth busting, showing those mistakes that it's like there was just something missing in my brain to connect the dots. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, like repurposing it all. And because if you've already got that content, you might as well repurpose it. Yeah. Um, and doing that non-bio survey and doing a general survey of your audience and just yeah. asking them, what questions do you have for me? Yeah. And talking, yes, t- talking to someone who didn't buy, who would be comfortable to talk to me. Um, yeah, that's going to be. A yeah. Bit- or even, even a survey, if they're not comfortable jumping yeah, out okay. of a even a survey can give you an idea of where people, where those gaps are. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. That sounds cool. like good. Thank you Thank so much, Steph. I'm excited. Thank you, Jen. All right. That is it for today's episode. If you haven't already hit subscribe, make sure you hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or the follow button in Spotify. and You'll get each new episode straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you have any friends who you think might be struggling with this issue, hit the share button, copy the link, and send it over to them. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.